and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. This is an emergency podcast broadcast. After speaking with my best friend, Brian Cosgrove, yesterday, I realized we can't wait to get this message out. This episode is not about the supernatural. It is about reality. Brian is a hero for many reasons, but what we are here to talk about is what's happening at his job. He works in the ER department of a Los Angeles hospital. Please listen to what he has to say so you can help yourself and help save everyone on the planet. Please welcome to your head and heart, Brian Cosgrove. <laughs> I forgot to tell you my friend's on, on here too. She just, she tells us when the recording starts and when it ends. Oh, wow. Hi, Brian. Hello. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Um, You're very welcome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess like um, you're you could be on the podcast for any number of reasons, any number of heroic reasons, as this is a heroes only podcast. Um, And I would like to thank you uh, for being a hero on so many different levels. But today I would like to start off with one of the things that got you onto the hero cloud. Like the hero cloud in the sky has your name written on it or whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, and I would like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to talk about um, your job, <laughs> if that's okay. Uh, what uh, I would just like to start off talking about your job. <laughs> what is your job? Okay. My job is I work as an EMT in an emergency room in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, I have multiple duties, including doing CPR and splinting people when they break bones and cleaning up their wounds and doing EKGs and assisting in multiple procedures, that kind of stuff. With humans. <laughs> You work with injured with humans, humans, yeah. Wow. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. Sometimes human might be a s- strong term. Like that's Benny. giving them too much credit or too <laughs> little credit. They're, they're actually gods. Both. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole so cool. spectrum of human beings. That's so cool. Um, yeah. I think that that's extraordinary. And, uh, um, you explained to me how you got into that field um, a couple walks ago. Uh, do you think you can tell that story again? If I, okay, yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> well, when I was a young, young man, when I was a teenager, <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to a lot of uh, punk rock music and I decided that if I was going to participate in a capitalist society, I want to make money, uh, helping people. So cool. And, uh, that was, you know, I was, I was 14 or 15, you know, and they're always asking you like, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? At that point, I actually thought I was going to be a teacher. Um, that was, that was my career path. And, uh, my, uh, complete terror of being in front of people, <laughs> maybe even little kids, I think kept me from, uh, Pursuing that. Oh, that's so um, interesting. Was there a specific type of teaching or th- uh, subject you want to teach or just in general? I want to be an English teacher. Yeah. Wow. An English teacher. Yeah. Well, I, I was, 
I was, uh, I read, I read a lot. Yeah, when I was you a still teenager. Do. I, w- I was grounded quite a bit. I was a bad kid. I was grounded. So I just, when I was grounded, I uh, read books. I find that to be shocking that you were grounded and in trouble a lot. You're such a, a good listener. Well, okay, let's anything. get this straight. I, I was an angel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was an angel. But a, a lot of my friends were bad influences. That They're the ones that got me grounded, not me. I was part of gold. Right. So not much yeah. has changed, pretty much. Not much has changed. Um, you're an yeah, angel well, living in a world of bad influences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so how long have you been, I forgot, how long have you been working in the ER? I've been in the ER for almost three years. I've been in the hospital for probably almost six years. Um, when I originally went in, I worked with cancer patients and, uh, I did transport, which is just transporting people around. But, uh, part of that job was taking cancer patients to get the radiation treatment. And before that, I worked on ambulances for probably eight years, something like that off and on. Wow. And I was just transporting people to the hospital, or a lot of it was transporting people to the houses. I know everybody always asks, what? It's been what? Hmm. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. Yeah. I think if there's like any, if there's any like one misconception about like people that work at the hospital that like, people don't know can you tell us what it is like one thing that you're like like breaking news like people at the hospital hmm people at the i don't know there's so many different people at the hospital people that work there right yeah that's i mean yeah some of these kids can party (laughs) but i don't know about what else i don't know Oh, Mr. Perceptions. I mean, I mean, nurses. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, a lot, a lot of nurses are young. Yeah. And they like, yeah, they like to live life. I mean, we haven't really, everyone in the hospital has such an incredibly stressful job that right. I think when people let loose, it's quite the sight to behold. Yeah. Well, you guys yeah. have super long hours too, which is, coming. what? Yes, we do. We do have very, very long hours. And they're stressful. Super. Um, and just dealing with people. I mean, the thing is when you, yeah, just dealing with people, when people are patients, you know, people are scared and there's a lot of anxiety. So you have to manage their expectations and what they're going through. And then on top of that, they have family members who are also worried about them who also might have their own problems that you have to manage there. Yeah. You have to manage them as well. I think that that's a perfectly good answer. I that was actually one of the big things. What? Oh, what were you saying? I'm oh, sorry. no. What did you say? It got cut out. Oh, um, oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. That's... Is that bad? No, I don't. Yeah. I never heard that before. Were you saying <laughs> that... I, um, what I was saying was one of the, one of the nicer things, but was also really horrible about the whole COVID situation was that patients, families weren't allowed to come in. 
which was horrible for them because they can be with their loved ones. But it was like, uh, we were already so stressed out that having to deal with people's families, I thought it was going to be, would have added a tremendous amount of stress to an already stressful job. Yeah, totally. Well, I would like to talk about that in one second, but I, I would say that's something people don't think about, uh, about people that work in the hospital and you just uh, touched upon it brushed upon it, if you will, is that um, you're not only dealing with someone on like the worst day of their life and maybe they have like five worst days. And it sounds like yeah. with meth, it sounds like some people are having like hundreds of worst days, but to deal with their family who aren't like super chill, like because it their family member is their body is hurt. I think most people don't consider uh those that part of it and um and probably don't treat anyone that kindly it's probably rare that someone goes in there and is like concerned about your feelings right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i mean I, I will say that people have been um very grateful throughout the whole COVID thing. And they have been way, they actually blew away my expectations. I thought it was going to be such a nightmare because, um, at its worst, I mean, the wait times that the hospital is just every hospital basically in the County was at capacity to the point that when ambulances were coming in, they were just taking turns going to different hospitals because every hospital was full. So the, the agreement was, um, you know, instead of like going to the closest hospital, I mean, it's still relative to, and there's so many hospitals in a pretty close area um, in Los Angeles. I mean, there's just a bunch of hospitals that are pretty close together. But they were just taking turns, taking them because every single one of them was at capacity. Every single ICU was at capacity. The hospital I work at, uh, they even made, I mean, they hired all these travel nurses and they made extra units to house these, the COVID patients. I mean, November, December, and January were just a complete nightmare. And, uh, it was just full. The entire time was full. It was just, there was no, I guess backed up to the point where we were just treating people. We had tents outside and we we're treating people in the tents if they were less, you know, less critical. But um, getting back to it, yeah, I was really, really amazed that um, people were actually patient. And, and because in the past, when there's been like flu seasons and stuff like that, um, people get really upset that they're not being seen quick enough. Even though we try to do things, we get all their, we get as many tests uh, as we can done while they're in the waiting room. Oh, you so even though, even though they don't have a bed. You can get tested for the flu, of course. Yes. I did yeah. not know uh, that. Yeah. Who knew? And that was one of the things that was, that was one of the crazy things that happened during the whole beginning of the pandemic was we had so many people with these viral symptoms and they were testing negative for the flu. And we're just like, what is going on? So that was, oh, yeah, that's that was crazy. Weird. So, so, okay. So typically people yeah. with flu symptoms go to the hospital and you check them for the flu and then you, but you can't do anything for the flu. I mean, yeah, sometimes they go if they're feeling really bad. So that flu, you know, so, and they, you know, they might not know they have the flu. They could have pneumonia or something like that. Oh yeah. I forgot. 
people that it's, feel people that feel it really bad can i mean flu like symptoms i guess can present in different um for different illnesses i guess so would you say that and now you guys are seeing another like surge in cases is we are yeah you're seeing another surge oh. that's uh, primarily unvaccinated people which is it's a bummer and, and it's are, a bummer for them because they all i you know they all regret not getting the vaccine well, the ones that i've talked to and are family members still not allowed in the hospital family members are allowed in the hospital currently um we're the hospital I work at, we're limiting the family members to one. Usually it's supposed to be one per the, you know, the time they're in the emergency room. But I mean, we make exceptions. The idea is to limit the amount of people that are possibly exposed to uh, and, the coronavirus. And sorry. So that's different than the flu. Like when people have the flu, they're allowed to have people with them and no, no precaution. Like it is, you can say that the flu is different than coronavirus yes i can yes <laughs> and, and it tr- it gets <laughs> it gets uh transferred differently somehow um i mean it gets transferred it can be transferred in many of the same ways i think that coronavirus is um more easily transferable i believe oh, so that could mean that could mean a lot like oh it lives longer oh it's yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure. Exactly. Ex- <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what the. Uh, um, I know for the coronavirus, there. I think the CDC was it upgraded from a uh, droplet precaution to an airborne precaution. I believe. I don't remember what the latest findings are, but uh, the last I heard, they're saying it was still could be in the air for a while. I think the flu is transmissible mostly by droplets. Gross. Sneezing and coughing and yeah. Kissing. Kissing, yeah. <laughs> that was the stuff. most dangerous thing you could do. So <laughs> would you or do you feel like would you blame misinformation or if you had to like choose one thing, would you blame misinformation or just like COVID itself? Like if you were a judge and you were in a courtroom and it was like, who's going to get the electric yeah. chair? Would it be misinformation or COVID? That's keeping people from getting the vaccine. Just like what's more evil and wrong and worse. <laughs> what's worse? Oh, COVID or misinformation? Um, <laughs> what's more what's dangerous? Worse? Yeah. <laughs> what's more dangerous? Wow. That's a, hmm. I mean, I guess misinformation is a pretty wow. bad <laughs> misinformation. Well, because the misinformation can uh, encompass so many different things. Right. Right. Like COVID. Whereas and misinformation does encompass COVID misinformation, which is, well, is that, right. cheating? I mean, is that cheating answer by saying that? No, no, no. I mean like COVID misinformation, misinformation versus just like, like COVID in a, in a group of 10 might not, I guess the question is, is rigged. You're right. You're, it's, it doesn't <laughs> make sense actually in the end. I, I stricken that question from the record. Sorry. Um, but there's misinformation. I feel like misinformation is the reason why a lot of people are not being vaccinated. Right. I guess that's, and 
and so mis- you- and not trusting the government and that kind of stuff. I mean, the, the, you know, we get people that say like, do you, I'll be in a room with a person that has COVID and they like ask me, did, did you get the vaccine? And I'm like, yes, I got the vaccine. And like, do you trust the vaccine? And I'm like, I do trust the vaccine. And <laughs> so I, they don't, or they think, or you get people that say like, I'm, I was scared that the vaccine was going to make me sick. Yeah. And you're like, well, now you're sick. Yeah. Cause you didn't get the vaccine. So I don't know. I did. And we do, I mean, there's been, there's been um, a, a limited amount of people that have gotten side effects from the vaccine that have ended up in the hospital, but not, I don't think they ever get admitted, but um, you know, it happens. And some, some of it might be anxiety driven. We've had some young kids that have gotten it, that have, um, that have had like, you know, certain problems with it. I haven't heard of anyone being seriously injured from the vaccine Yeah, I, when I, I've been working. Thank you. I definitely know people that have gotten taken down by the vaccine that have just been like, you know, in bed with chills and feeling but it seems to subside and, you know, within 24 hours from the coworkers that I've talked to that have had side effects. Yeah. I personally had none. And the only people I know that have had any did have like 24 hour kind of like bum out, but it's like, whatever. But I would like to say, I will be honest, is that before there was any vaccines, I was like, I'm not going to take that. Are you kidding? They don't know what they're doing. I'm going to wait for them to have it out like a year, see if people grow extra arms, like see if their eyes fall out. But then I realized something that I wish everyone realized, which is they didn't invent the idea of vaccines one year ago. Like this isn't like brand new science. That's like all right. of a sudden they're just like, Oh, you guys, we got this shit. Uh, I don't really know too much about it, but I'm going to mass produce it and give it to everyone. And it's just for money. I think it's like a little bit of that part. Like we want to make a shit ton of money, but then it's also like, Oh yeah. dude, you've been working on vaccines forever. Like awesome. I have, the vaccine and now i'm gonna make so much money cool like is it safe yeah is it 100 percent safe for everyone no is anything no and then that's it (laughs) that's the story you know i i don't know why it's so complicated i don't know or even if it is does fuck you up it's like whatever (laughs) if you can get it (laughs) just take it it's like your body it's like you know it's like your body isn't the most important body in the world everyone's body is important you know you're like a healthy ass person just take it or stay home yeah i don't know yeah or wear a mask so many options there are yeah and I, I, you know, I had the same thing where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to trust this, you know, this new thing that they came up with and didn't have a whole lot of time to test and, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I went and looked at the history of vaccines and I, there hasn't been a whole lot of crazy missteps in vaccine technology. And even though this is a new one, the mRNA, mRNA vaccine, the, from what I've been reading, I mean, they I think it was developed 10 years ago. Yeah, they've been working just, on just, this it, for it a long time. And yeah. 
not to be mean, but obviously the biggest dorks in the world. Like the smartest people and the biggest dorks that are just looking at Petri dishes for their whole job. Like if you think about that, like there's people that want to look at like the smallest little fucking thing. Yeah. Study it for like 25 years. Those are the people that made the vaccine. Like they're not. Yeah. It's like they're literally that's what they love to do. It's not like they got like a baker which I nothing against bakers, but it's not like a different job. That's like, Oh, I don't know. I think this is it. It's like the people that love, love infection and love, 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 love vaccines have been working on it. And it's like, yeah, it's not like a guitar yeah. player in some band from San Diego. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's like those dudes love that shit. Those gals and those humans love fucking yeah. diseases. And I don't know. I just think it's like obvious that it's probably maybe affects you a little bit, but like, or you could die and kill other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like killing. I mean, that's the scary thing is no, (laughs) no. And getting to what you're saying about it wasn't developed by other people. That's my dad. It reminds me of my dad has the thing about emergency. Remember that emergency, the tablets you take. Oh yeah. That's supposed to help your immunity. It's yeah. like the, it was developed by, it was developed by a teacher. I my remember dad's like, that. God, why the hell would they advertise that? Like, I don't, I'm not getting my medicine from a school teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. weirdest thing to, to promote. <laughs> anyway, off topic. But, uh, what were we talking about now? Oh, just, just science. I, I think yeah. that's a good also thing to talk or to a good transition for. I would just like to say and note that you not only wanted to be part of the capitalist society only if you could help people's lives doing one of the hardest jobs that only has been was kind of thankless except that you get letters from time to time from happy relatives and cute little kids that you put on the refrigerator <laughs> i'd like everyone to know thanks yeah. for helping my grandpa thanks for helping my <laughs> uncle thanks brian <laughs> and you got employee of the month last month lest we forget yeah. but you're and you're a huge reader who's read so much, uh-huh. but you're also a very prolific writer and uh, musician who has recorded so many songs, can play every instrument. Um, and I guess like uh, how scientists spend, you know, like I dedicate my life, my life's whole life to like answering this one tiny chain of dna whatever sorry Mm -hmm. scientists but it seems like you do that with music and mixing and recording it seems like you dedicate every possible moment when you feel like it you know yes to music can you talk a little bit about uh about your music and stuff like that and how you hear songs how they come to you all that shit about <laughs> yeah i uh feel like i've been uh blessed in my life with i mean a couple two three different passions and one of them is music and it's just something i i don't know i again grew up listening to 
punk rock music, which was very, you know, make do with what you got and, you know, find a way to do things. And, um, so I started playing bass and taught myself how to play bass. And then from there just kept branching off, branching off into different instruments and eventually started singing and writing songs. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just obsessed with it. And I started learning how to record and it's such a fun art form. You can do, you know, there's, there's rules, but you know, there's not really any rules. There's not really any rule for art. I mean, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's just a fun, I guess I get a sense of accomplishment when I finish a song or do something that, that, that makes, and it just makes me happy to do. That's awesome. and I am real. Well, yeah. It takes I, up time. Keeps me <laughs> off the streets. Yeah, totally. I've yeah. noticed that you, um, <laughs> I mean, you start songs differently. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about that? Like, cause it seems like you start songs with recording. Um, and for me, that's like the exact last part. Um, can you talk about your process, please? Yeah. So my process unless it's a secret. is since I've been recording and have the means, it's not a secret. Okay. It's, I just, I write by, by all means, by any means I can. So I started off with whatever instrument I can start off with a bass or guitar, or sometimes it's a vocal melody. Um, but lately my process has been because I don't want to wait until I have a song fully formed in my mind. Cause usually it's gnawing at me and it's, I keep playing it and replaying it in my head until I can finish it. And then it kind of leaves finally. Yes. That part I understand. In a good way. (laughs) That part I understand. So what I've been doing now is I um, usually maybe have like a, you know, very loose idea of what the drums are. I'll have like, I know what the beat, if I know what the bass part or the guitar part is going to be, the drums automatically come to, I know what the drums are going to be or at least part of it. So I set the click track, play the drums parts. I know I want, and I just start playing whatever I want or just weird, whatever to the click track. As long as I have the click track, then I can move those parts around whenever I decide to do whatever I'm going to do with the, uh, with the song. Then I'll go to bass guitar from there. It's just whatever. It's really just whatever. So you not really a set thing. I can play guitar next. I fill stuff out. Yeah. I mean, bass is the instrument I feel the most confident on. And sometimes that's the last thing I write. With like a lot of the Lacoste songs, the band that you played in and your past guest Marcella played in, um, bass was almost always the last instrument I I wrote on. Did you write some of those songs? And on then uh, for vocals. Sorry, I believe we have some. Marimba, delay. that one... Yeah. Um, not so much marimba on that one. That was usually, um, marimba actually was an instrument that I probably wrote the least on. Oh, okay. It's there. It's some our first marimba. drummer, Ryan, wrote some of, I had some of the marimba parts in my head and I would ask him to kind of play. Okay. Um, but then, and then Matt was another marimba player. He was the pretty much the marimba player the whole time. He wrote some of the marimba parts. 
Um, I guess there are some songs where I wrote the marimba. I can't, I can't remember. Will you? I write a lot of marimba stuff. Yeah, you do. Will you play marimba on our record? I would love to. Yes. Absolutely. Marimba, Glockenspiel. Yeah. Whatever you want. Okay. I got, I got some sleigh bells over here. Like some sleigh bells. I'm down. I'm down. I need, I, yeah, I need marimba Glock though. Um, okay. That was, thank you for saying that. Cause I feel like, um, not that this is a process podcast. This isn't, this is not, this is a hero podcast, but I think knowing heroes processes can be helpful um, yeah. to everyone. There's no one that that is not helpful for. No. If it's not helpful for someone, then I don't know. Something, <laughs> something really bad is happening. Yeah. Um, even by just process of elimination, like all things that help anyone should help everyone. Is that yes. true? Is that a fact? Uh, I don't know if that's a fact. Well, is there anything else you would like to tell our uh, world that we are here with? Um, I guess just to be careful where you get your information from and, you know, yeah, I guess, yeah, get vaccinated if you can. I mean, it's just getting bad again. It's really rough on all of us in the healthcare industry to have to once again deal with, um, increasing numbers of coronavirus. It's a bummer. Hopefully it just doesn't get to the point where it's taxing the healthcare system like it was before. I mean, it was scary. We were running out of oxygen. A lot of workers in the hospital got sick. Um, it's just a horrible, horrible situation. You- and it got it was getting better for a while. And now it's, yeah, just mostly, it seems like we're just seeing mostly unvaccinated people. Mostly. And sorry. And I'm so, so sorry. be smart. Take care of yourself. I'm sorry, Brian. That's okay. I don't think that that's <laughs> fair. You've been doing this hard job for so long and then all of a sudden it's super hard and people are being selfish. They're not like more people should think about Brian. More people think about Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I love you. Thank uh, you so that's much. That's what I'd like to tell to your, to your audience. Please think more about me. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. Yeah. Next time you make a decision, consider Brian. <laughs> What would Brian do? What would yeah. the cause do? Well, I love do? you. Thank you so much for being All here. Right. Uh, no is problem. there anywhere people can check out your new music? Um, my new project is called Dark Parts. Dark Parts. Partsband.bandcamp. Oh. Yeah, .com. There's a YouTube also. Um. But it honestly escapes me. But I mean, we can put it on your <laughs> I'll, little. I'll attach it on the. You have like a. You have like a. There you go. I'll put Thank it on you the so much page. for having me on your podcast. Thanks for speaking the truth and the love. Bye. Anytime. Bye.